0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Tuesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Orrico 99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. We post all of our content over there. We have daily stuff and weekly uh, there's also just random other bits of content here and there that come out from our writers. But we got these podcasts coming at you every single day throughout the week. We also have our daily pickup articles on the weekend. We got our weekly weather report, two-star pitchers. We have buy low and sell high. We have everything going on uh, at ethos fantasy BB. And if you're not over on Twitter, uh, you guys can go to sportsethos.com and find all of that same great content over there. Now, today is Tuesday. You guys know what that means if you've been listening into the show recently. Uh, Tuesday is our mailbag day it's going to continue to be like that until the end of the regular season if you want to participate in these you go to Twitter you find the tweet that I'll send out on Tuesday uh, usually midday 12 one o'clock Eastern time Uh, just saying throw your questions here and that's where I get the material for these Tuesday shows And I want to keep doing them through the end of the regular season to be there uh, to answer your questions uh, in the DMS as well you guys will send in questions which is always great. Uh, But we're going to start getting to these right now. So the first one from Gabriel, who usually does participate in these, sends in usually a question or two every week. Uh, Wu or Kyle Harrison today? Now, I talked about Kyle Harrison yesterday. He's not a favorite of mine. He hasn't been that impressive this year in AAA. He's got a tricky start against Philadelphia on the road to start his career. It's not a spot where I'm really looking to stream. I think you can add him up and you probably bench him. It's still early in the week for your head-to-head leagues. I just don't know that it's really worth the risk. If you're in a roto format, maybe you could, you know, at the point of this, this, we're at the point of the season where maybe you just really need volume. In that case, then it's fine. Uh, But he's somebody that I think is a little bit uh, more on the risky side. Now, in terms of Brian Wu, he's going to come back today. Uh, He's back off the 15-day IL. He had, I believe, with some forearm tightness, which is never great. Uh, but he is back today against the White Sox. Now, Brian Wu did have uh, kind of a poor second part to his season. Then he had the first uh, few, few starts that he had. Really good strikeout rates. That He's somebody that I was really impressed by. And then the production did kind of tail off a little bit there. He had a few really bad starts. But in particular, there was one against Minnesota that was really bad. I'd be more inclined to start Brian Wu. We have seen that upside from him, that huge strikeout kind of upside, albeit it did tail off a little bit towards, uh, you know, these last few starts that he made. But he's still looking at a 26% K rate and a 7% walk rate for the year. Really good numbers 475 ERA, but his XFIP is 409, and his Sierra is 393. Both really solid numbers. I know it's kind of risky starting a guy right off the IL. You're not really sure what kind of a leash he's going to have, but considering how hot the Mariners have been, and especially against an opponent like the White Sox, you got to figure there's a good chance that Brian Wu is going to be able uh, to get a victory today if he is just able to go five innings. And I think it's possible, uh, you know, if he's efficient, that we'll see him reach five innings. Not sure about how many pitches he's going to be at exactly, probably in the 60 to 70 range, tops. But I think there's still a good upside there from a strikeout point of view and also uh, from a win standpoint with Brian Wu. Harrison, I do like, but I don't like this matchup. I do want to give him uh, a little bit of time. Even like, I mean, he might, he might come out and you know, be amazing. Cause you never really know what these guys in their first career start. Sometimes they are terrific. Sometimes they are terrible to start their careers. Uh, I just don't think that this is a really great matchup for him today. i uh, got a question here about Ellie Dela Cruz. What are your thoughts of Ellie as of late? I feel like he could go off at any point, but it's been pretty average lately. Uh, he mentions a bunch of guys on the waiver wire. Ezekiel Tovar, Elvis Andrews, uh, Marte, Wynn. uh, There's a few different guys that he mentions. It's a 12-team redraft league. I'm holding on to Ellie still. Ellie has such high upside. He plays in such a nice lineup and such a great ballpark as well that I still think you have to be holding on to him. you got to look. It's only been just over 250 at-bats for him, 10 home runs and 19 stolen bases, a .257 batting average, despite the ups and downs and the high strikeout rate, is pretty damn good. You can, you can look at that strikeout rate that he has, and I'm just going to pull it up right now because it had been really bad. I'm not sure if he's got it down at all. Uh, 34.5% strikeout rate. You'd think that he'd have a much lower batting average than 257, but <clears throat> there you have it. Not walking a hell of a lot at only 6.8%, not terrible, but it doesn't really matter from a fantasy point of view. He is able to put together those power speed numbers and batting in the middle of that lineup, which has been very good now for quite some time, you have seen those counting stats, 45 runs, 27 RBIs. Is not as many as you might hope for. But then again, we're only talking about like less than, uh, you know, half a season's worth of games here, 63 games that he has played in. I'm still very much in on LA De La Cruz. If you look at the rest of season projections, and you got to remember we're only talking about a, maybe a month, a little bit more than a month. And if you're in head-to-head leagues, probably even less than that. He's still projected to have about five homers, six steals, and bat about 250 the rest of the way Uh, with about 17 runs and 17 RBIs, depending on which uh, different projection you look at. That's about the average of them, though. That's still very good, and I think that the upside is even higher. He could run hot. He could hit four home runs in one game. We know the power that he has. He just has that kind of crazy upside with the speed and from just every standpoint of the fantasy game. I know the batting average is not always going to be crazy high, but like I said, 257, that's not too bad at all. Uh, considering the state of batting average in general around baseball, and especially considering uh, that high strikeout rate. So I am still definitely in on La De La Cruz. Do not be dropping him. Uh, he is definitely <laughs> he's definitely going to be a stud. I know there's been some ups and downs, but even in the downs, uh, he's been pretty damn good and exciting to watch this season. Yainer uh, Diaz and Logan Ojopi, or I should say Yainer Diaz or Logan Ojopi. Uh, it's a 12-team redraft league. Diaz has just been so excellent. Uh, I... I He's kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, maybe he was more on the radar of, of some other people. I don't know. I wasn't really expecting this at all from him. Uh, over the last month, if you look at that, he's batting three twenty nine. He's the top 50 player, nearly a top 45 player um, over the last month. If you look at the whole season, he's batting 281, 18 homers, 44 RBIs. He's batting in the middle of an excellent lineup in Houston. If you look at the other side of that, Logan Ohapi is somebody that I really liked coming into the season. He is back now, and he has gone 0 for 9 in his first couple of games here, which is obviously not great. I wouldn't read too much into that, but I'd still definitely have to take Diaz. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the Angels lineup. It's pretty much Otani and then a bunch of relatively boring pieces. Uh, whereas the Houston lineup is pretty much one through nine fantasy viable assets. uh, And Diaz is no exception there in the middle as well. And I think I'm just going to take a look at his roster percentage uh, over on Yahoo. It's only 42% right now. I mean, if you just look at what he's doing every single day, he hit another home run yesterday. Uh, He's hit four over the last couple of weeks. He's just producing uh, all over the place right now. Obviously, he's not stealing bases for you but not something that you'd really expect from your catcher. Anyway, he's playing a lot. He's playing a lot. Catcher and first base eligible, I should mention. So there's just a lot to really like uh, with Diaz. He's definitely the direction I'd go in. And I really like Logan Ojapi, but Diaz is the clear favorite there for me. Excuse me. Uh, Estevez or Evan Phillips rest of season? I have to go with Evan Phillips here. Now, there was some worry uh, because Bruce D'Argratterall got... He's had two saves recently. Yeah, there's been a couple saves uh, that he's had recently, but that's also been uh, right after Phillips had worked a game or as a day game uh, after a night game kind of situation. Phillips is still locked in as their closer. He is still the guy uh, that I think has given you the best production across the board. The strikeouts aren't crazy high. <clears throat> Excuse me, 52 strikeouts in 47 innings this year. But a two forty-nine ERA and a .81 whip. He's closing in on 20 saves. He's got 19. And it's not like he's you know, not getting saves. He has five over the last two weeks. He's going to get you the odd win here and there, only one so far this season. Uh, but with a team like the Dodgers, he's definitely the guy you have to trust over a guy in Carlos Estevez, who's still very good and still you know, very much rosterable in all formats. But you're looking at a higher ERA in three six zero. His whip has absolutely ballooned to 1.5. And he does have 26 saves and 5 victories. Strikeouts are usually more of a plus for him versus Phillips. And honestly, it's fairly close. It's not like it's a runaway for Phillips, but I think overall... He's giving you those nice ratios while still giving you decent enough strikeouts. A 1-5 whip is pretty damaging. Like, I know it's not... You're not getting as many innings out of a relief pitcher, so it doesn't kill you as much, but he's thrown 50 innings this year through a 1-5 whip. That's not great. The 3-6 ERA is also really not great. Uh, Phillips would be the guy that I would have to go to there, and it's a it, whip is a huge, huge part of it. Like, we're talking about almost double the whip. Uh, so he is the guy that I would have to go for there. Uh, rank Hunter Brown, Chase Silseth, and Cole Reagans rest of season in head-to-head. I went with Reagans as the first name here. You know, I, I, my gut says Hunter Brown will turn it around, and the numbers also say that he should be a lot better than he is, but Cole Reagans has been excellent as of late. If you look back over the last month, 23 and two-thirds innings pitched, 33 strikeouts, a 266 ERA. The whip is a little high at 139, but he's giving you that high strikeout upside, and he's been really efficient and against good teams. Uh, You know, he's been good. Uh, I know the last time out against the Cubs, he did give up, I think it was three runs, but he's still striking out batters. It was nine strikeouts. He did get the victory in that game still. And I think out of these three guys, he is the one uh, that I would prioritize, even though he does play on a fairly poor team. He's not going to get that many victories here in Kansas, but he did win his last start out. He has won a couple of those outings over the last month. It's not crazy to think that he could get a couple more wins here down the stretch. Now I'd have to go with uh, Chase Silseth next. His name is kind of a tongue twister. He did have a bad start last time out against Tampa, which I'm not going to hold him, hold against him because overall he has been really good as of late. A lot of strikeouts. If you look back over his last month, over 20 innings, he has 25 Ks, a 3.48 ERA, which again is inflated by that start against Tampa, and a 106 WHIP. He is keeping runners off base for the most uh, for the most part. He is anyway. Uh, his start was supposed to be yesterday, and then I think. I'm not 100% sure if he's starting today, actually, because the game got rained out yesterday, Uh, Where is no, they're going Giolito today. Maybe he just got skipped in the rotation, actually. I'm not sure uh, because the game got rained out. I'm not sure when he's going to be starting again. Um, But he will will get another start for sure. That start against Tampa is not going to be enough to keep him out of the rotation for long. Uh, He's the guy that I would put second there. And then Hunter Brown would have to be third. You know, I've talked about Hunter Brown. He's one of the guys that I'm going to be very invested in for next year. But this year, there's just something missing. He doesn't have it all put together. You know, the strikeouts have been good. The advanced metrics have been good. But he has not himself been great. He did go down to the bullpen uh, for a couple of games. I think he was skipping in the rotation. And then I think he did uh, come in once, maybe twice out of the pen. Uh, So he's the guy that I'd have to put third in that order, unfortunately. As much as I love him, I think he'll be great. Uh, I just can't put him any higher than third in that ranking right now Uh, I got an interesting question here that somebody asked about Shane Baz how do you rank Shane Baz for next season I have no idea what Shane Baz is even going to look like as a major league pitcher at this point he has thrown like 40 professional innings he's had Tommy John surgery I think just once but there's also been uh, arthroscopic elbow surgery that he had in 2022 and then um, it was Tommy John later in the year. And then there was something else, too, that I think I'm missing from before. And there's just been a ton of health problems with Shane Baz. As good as he has looked when he's been out there, we've seen the upside, uh, specifically in the minor leagues. Even at the major leagues, you know, we've seen that huge uh, strikeout upside. He has a 29% strikeout rate, 7% walk rate at the bigs. And I'll, you know it is over, like I said, it's 40 and a third innings he's pitched. So it's hard to really know where to rank a guy like him. There's, I think, only two potential outcomes with him is that he's either a really, really excellent pitcher or that he doesn't have much of a career at all because of the problems that he's had already in his elbow. I, I don't know that there's going to be much middle ground with Shane Baz. Either he's able to come back and reach those heights again. I don't see him just being like you know some average pitcher. I think that the upside is there that he's either going to be really, really excellent or he's going to just be kind of a nobody. So he's going to be really challenging to rank next year. It's a good question. If we get to February and March kind of range and we're hearing that he is fully healthy and ready to go, I don't even know what the workload is going to look like for him, even if that were the case. Because, like like I said, 40 innings is all he's ever pitched in the big leagues. Didn't pitch at all this year. 2022, he pitched uh, 40 innings between... Triple-A and the bigs. 2021, he pitched uh let's see 76 90 innings in 2021. Uh, in 2020 he didn't pitch at all. 2019 it was 81 innings. So what would we even look like a full healthy season from him is it 100 innings or they let 120 innings maybe you can't factor you can't look at it as we're going to get him back if he's healthy for a whole season especially when you factor in that everybody who pitches in Tampa Always gets hurt. it just seems that you know it's and everybody's talked about this at this point, but it's a legitimate thing. We're going to have to devalue raise starting pitching, <coughs> excuse me guys at least a little bit heading into 2024. These guys don't stay healthy. it's if it was one or two guys, okay, it's the entire staff that can't stay healthy and I think you know you could be one of those people who is a contrarian and will you know draft a lot of raise pitchers next year. I don't think it's going to be very wise though. McLanahan's not going to be there. Glass now, hopefully, will be healthy. I've got to knock on wood as I say something like that because I love Glass now, uh, and I hope that he's healthy because he is like a top five, seven pitcher uh, if he's healthy. But again, there's the questions that arise not just for Baz, not just for Glass now, but for the whole staff and for the whole organization as to how they handle pitching. If, if Baz comes in fully healthy next year, which I'm doubting. I probably, as of right now, just off the top of my head, would rank him in the back half of the top 100, somewhere in the 70 to 80 range. I I wouldn't be that optimistic just considering the history here. The upside is still huge, but I kind of need to see it with a guy like Baz, who is going to be almost two years removed from his last time pitching by the time we next see him on a mound, assuming all goes well. So... I think he'll be ready for the start of next year, hopefully. But again, we're gonna have to—we kind of have to just see what happens uh, throughout the course of the winter months and see what the updates are on Shane Baz. But it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll have that discussion a few times throughout the off on where do we rank Rays pitchers, how do we value them going into drafts next season. It'll be very interesting once draft season opens up again for next year. I'm actually really looking forward to drafting already next year. I guess I'm a sicko. But I'm really looking forward to seeing those ADP numbers, not just for those Rays, but for those Rays pitchers and every, everybody, really. I just kind of want to see what people are thinking uh, for next year. But I'm going to be very interested to see where people are slotting in and where people are actually drafting the Glasnow's of the world, the Eflins of the world, Aaron Zavalli. Uh It'll be pretty interesting to see where those guys get drafted next year. But that'll do it for us today, guys. I appreciate you guys throwing in your questions here. If you have any more for next week or in general, I'll tend to answer a lot of them. Sometimes they will slip through the cracks, uh, but that's why you get them in on the mailbag show. Uh, I'll answer them over on Twitter, and then I'll go into some of them deeper here on the podcast as well. But it's at JoeOrico99, J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O 99, and then also Ethos Fantasy BB, where you get all of our content, podcast articles, and the rest of it. If you're not over on Twitter, then you guys can go to sportsethos.com. But that'll do it for me, guys. Take care, and we will see you tomorrow. Until then, cheers. ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com it's like your own personal post office sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts That's stamps.com code program you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel